Welcome to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Get ready for powerful and practical insight on how to let the supernatural power of God loose in your life. Join your host and anointed guests for a crash course of equipping to release God's mighty authority, healing, prophecy, leadership, spiritual warfare, and evangelism. And now, your host, international speaker, author, revivalist, and prophetic voice, Pastor Ren Shuffman. Hello and welcome to another broadcast of DNA of a Dangerous Church. I am so excited for you to join me for this explosive podcast today. I believe God is going to increase his supernatural wonder in your life today. And we have a fantastic guest that's going to come on here and talk about the power of God and how he's been used mightily in his own giftings and how you can as well. So we have a great guest joining me. I want to bring him on right now. We got Dr. Prophet Gershom Sakala joining us. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. And I've been just so blessed to be on with you. I believe that God is going to do something supernatural. I believe that we're living in the days where the anointing that was prophesied by the prophet Joel is available to touch our flesh. Woo, come on. It's time. It is the right season. I believe that. Now, you are known around the world for your prophetic voice, for your ministry, but for the ones on here that maybe don't know you or they're just meeting you for the first time, tell them just a little bit about your ministry and what you've done. I always say that uh, it's good meeting you. I would like to be your new friend and your new brother in the Lord. And thank you for tuning in. And thank you, Prophet uh, Ren, uh, for having me on your podcast on this platform. I was originally born in Zambia, and I say I was originally born in heaven and sent on earth through the earthly body, in the earthly body, into Zambia, called to America. That's my new home. Now, how did all this happen? When I was nine years old, Jesus appeared to me, actually in the bush of Africa. I was staying at my grandparents' home. Then around 3 a.m., I saw the face of Jesus in the room. And I was at the time, I was struggling with soft thoughts. I did not know what to do. And then when I saw the face of Jesus, all that pain disappeared. That's where my journey started, actually. That's where everything began. When I got healed, my biggest question was, like, why did he heal me? Why does he love me? I don't even know him. So with that, why, Sage? is what has brought me today to even share with you today. It's because of why. And I know many of you, you have a question of why me, why this? And I'm going to answer that some of the questions of why, why, why. So basically, that preaching when I was 14 years old, I didn't even know actually that I was a preacher. I used to share stories like I'm telling to you. And then the Holy Spirit show up. And touch people. People get healed just by me sharing stories. People would get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I started knowing people's problems, what they're going through. So when when I started sharing stories with my schoolmates, my classmates, many of you will be watching. Some of them, they are one of my biggest followers, the people I was with at the high school. They are always surprised to say, oh my God, you're still preaching about this Jesus. 
you change my life about it. Some people just preach a lot about a little bit of Jesus. Then as years go by, they are not talking about Jesus anymore. But the more years has passed, the more hunger and thirst I and the more I realize I don't know that much God, I need to know him more. And the more I experience him, the more I see the need to seek him more. And the more I see the need that I need him more. You, you know, there is always that place where you feel like you know him and you just have to come to the place of being satisfied. Then suddenly you just enter into another dimension to say, wow, I thought I know God. You know, people ask me, said, you saw Jesus when you were nine years old? Is it not enough? <laughs> then I said, no. Then when I was 14 years old, I remember asking God, what is the purpose of my life? Why did I see you, Jesus? Why did you heal me? Why do you love me? So I was asking of this, why, why, why? Then what happened is this, that I had a dream. And in this dream, I saw myself catching fish big fish, small fish, a lot of fish. I was just catching and pulling it from, from the ocean. Then I walk up like that. I said, I said, what does this dream mean? Then I wasn't really mature enough reading the Bible. I, I was reading the Bible every day, but I didn't really know much about quoting scriptures. So what I did, I just opened my Bible like this. So I opened the Bible like that. And my eyes just dropped on that verse said, I'm making you a fisher of men. Then I started studying about the fishes of men. I started reading about it, how Jesus chose this fisherman, this professional fisherman. Peter was a professional fisherman. James and all these people, they were professional fishermen. I used to go for fishing with friends, so I do understand about fishing, and I had very good interest about fishing. Even now, I still have. I don't, I'm not a professional fisherman. Here in America, we go for fishing for fun, not even to eat fish, but just you catch it and you throw it back. It's just so much fun. So I love fishing. So in Africa, we used to fish for food. We would fish and then we'd eat it for food. So I do really understand that. But why was I catching this big fish and all kinds of fish? Still, my question wasn't completely answered in my mind, said, I'm making you a fisher of men. Said, how will I fish men? Remember this. First and foremost, I didn't know how to speak English properly. I used to speak African languages. And I wasn't born in the Christian family to understand what it means. Some of you uh, were raised in the church. You would automatically interpret that type of a dream that Jesus made you the fisher. Go and fish men instead of fishing fish. But if you're coming from a different culture, Bible culture, like it's not a Bible culture, but it's a diff totally different culture where no one goes to fish for men or some kind. So you must understand. Plus, I was young, so I had to study that. Some of you may be saying, oh, that was easy. Oh, God is calling you to go and fish. This time you see the symbol of fish. The fish is a symbol. So it's very easy now to understand. And many churches, they say, go and be fishers of men. It's understood, but... Where I was coming from and the culture I was coming from, we used to eat fish, you know, so we could catch the fish and eat the fish. But I know that the culture could be many of you. Then I, for the first time, I read a book by the man called Smith Ugosweth, the Apostle of Faith, how he raised his wife from the dead and how he healed all these sick people, how Jesus visited them. Then I started seeking the same and saying, I want the same thing. Jesus 
Remember, I had already tested Jesus. He healed me, but I did not have a relationship with him. Some of you, you may be healed by Jesus, but you don't have a relationship with him. It doesn't mean if God heals you, it doesn't mean you have a relationship with him. He heals you because of his mercy, because of his grace. It's good. So he healed me, but I wasn't automatically in love with him, but I was interested in him. Just as when somebody gives you a gift, you are like, wow, thank you. So that was a gift that he gave me. Uh, but that gift introduced an interest to want to know him. Who are you, Lord? What's your name? Where do you live? Where can I find you? All these are the questions I was asking. Then there was this, I was at high school. We call them the Americans. Now I live in America. But that time we said, oh, the Americans are here. Who are these Americans? The Gideon people, they're distributing Bibles. So they were distributing Bibles in schools. These great missionaries, God bless every missionary from America to Africa. Amen. Uh, I, I'm one of the product, actually, that those missionaries, without them, I would, I would never have a Bible. So be encouraged if you're a missionary that, I mean, it works. Here I am today. So they were distributing the Bibles. Then there was only one left. And I saw it. And I used to be a runner at school. I was used to be a fast runner. So I ran quickly and grabbed one without permission. And I thought I saw it, actually. And I was running. I said, no ways. I'm going to grab this. I'm going to steal it or get it. So I, was, I got that Bible and I started running. <laughs> and there was no one chasing me. When I looked on the back, no one was following me. Then I ran as fast as I can and I can't see anybody anywhere anymore on the back following me. I started walking. I said, this is strange. In Africa, if you steal something, everybody will chase you. The whole village will chase you. <laughs> so, so I was, you know, you know, so I was thinking, my goodness, my fellow students will chase me until they catch me for stealing this Bible. Then afterwards, I saw someone like 500 meters away. Somebody started waving hands on me like, have a nice day. Have a nice day. It's so good. It's okay. I think that guy realized that I was running away. So there was no one chasing me. And then I went into my room and I opened that Bible and I started to read the Bible. And I was just reading it and reading it and reading it without understanding. And this begot this and begot this and begot this and begot this begotten. You know what I mean by begotten? He said, and David, son of Jesse, then begot this, then begot this. It's like, the old genealogy of Jesus. And it was so boring, but I couldn't give up. I said, what does it really mean to just make things shorter right now? I started reading the Bible so much such that my English teacher started saying, you sound like a King James Version. <laughs> <laughs> he started saying, do you have private tuition? Do you have a tutor or somebody who's teaching you English? I said, no. Uh, he says, but you are sounding like you are old English, because the Bible that they gave me those time was thy, thee, thy giveth, and all that. I still understand that Bible. And today, I wonder why I even understood those words. That was really supernatural. I read the Bible with an old English and understood it. That is wow. supernatural. Then later on, I started reading the Bible properly and clearly, and I, stood, I understood to read the Bible more than any other book. So if you give me another book to read, I used to stam and make mistakes. But if I read the Bible, I was perfect. I would understand every single word. As a result, a pastor, a Seventh-day Adventist, came to argue with me. He said, why do you go to church on Sunday? 
Then I was able to explain to him. Then he said, wow, I've never heard anybody explain the Bible like this. Which Bible school did you go to? I said, I didn't go to any Bible school. Because I told him, I said, Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. So, and in the book of Revelation says, anyone shall enter into his own rest. Then I said, Monday can be my rest, can be my Sabbath of Tuesday. So I explained to him, I said, these were the shadows of things to come. In the book of Colossians, uh, chapter one, it talks about the observing of the Sabbath and the moon and all this. These were the shadows of things to come. But now we have the object. Now we have the substance. Jesus is our Sabbath. Means rest. Jesus is our rest. So when you find Jesus, Jesus becomes your Shabbat. And the Bible says in the book of John says, my father is always working. When they said Jesus must keep the Sabbath, then Jesus said, my father is always working. I said, the father is always working. But the father works six days and he entered into rest. So you can work whichever day and enter into your Shabbat. Your Shabbat can be Wednesday, Tuesday. I says, wow, this this Seventh-day Adventist pastor who was saying that everyone who goes on Sunday church, they are devil worshipers, they are worship of the sun, they worship of this. For the first time, he heard the truth and said, thank you for helping me. There's nothing wrong on meeting on Sunday or Monday or Saturday. I said, if I want, I can start going on Saturday. That's nothing wrong. He says, wow. Anyway, I just wanted to give you the brief introduction of how the Lord started to disciple me. And I started sharing Bible stories to my friends. And there was something powerful that happened one time. We were on a PE. It's like a day where you work in the garden or you work on the spot. It's a day where you choose according to what you want to do. So that day I chose to work in the garden, like how to grow vegetables. So with friends, we were there. Before we start working in the garden or going, you choose whether you go and learn how to grow uh, vegetables or you go and play chess or you go to the boys club where you learn games or you go and play sports. But I chose that day to be working in the garden. And a lot of my friends, they wanted to learn how to grow vegetables. So it's me. So I said, before the teacher comes, let's all dance. Then I said, Lord, thank you for today. The power of God came so strong. We were all swinging back and forth like the wind carried us back and forth and people started watching us what's going on here i mean everything was back on the standstill then i said my god what just happened also my classmates asked me what did just happen they said i felt light something just lifted off someone said i was sick i just got healed started explaining all kinds of explanations then i said wow i had no explanation for it that was the beginning of something there all my classmates started respecting me said when he prays, you will feel the power. When you praise, you feel this. So because of that type of faith that was built in my classroom, at the garden, yes, at the vegetable, how to learn how to grow vegetables. Now, in a normal classroom, I walked this day into the classroom. The whole classroom started to shake under the power of God. Literally, people started to shake. I wow. said, I can feel the power. I can feel the power. But I felt nothing myself. And now they said, when Gershom walks here, you're going to feel the power. And guess what? Almost the whole entire classroom got saved. Even today, number of my fellow classmates, they're still saved up to today. I think I still have like half of the class of the people that I used to be in the class. They still follow me on Facebook. And in their origin, they said, I got saved when I knew nothing about God, when God showed up, things like that. It's just amazing. So this is like kind of my history. Then the other one that was really amazing was 
when the Lord start, told me to start a Bible study at school. Now, this Bible study grew up to 300 people. Then it grew up to the whole entire school started attending the Bible study. Can you imagine you're having the whole entire school? You're at high school student. When you go for the Bible study, the whole school starts to attend. We started using the school wall where we're using for the assemblies and we had to get permission from the principal, the headmaster or the head teacher who was in charge of the school. And he said, why are you getting this permission? He says, we have never had anybody on Boys Club or all these others to be able to take over the school. We thought it is just some kind of the Bible club that you started. We call it uh, scripture unions, which means we're just looking at the scriptures. So it was okay to meet one time. The aid principal said, you can meet in the school, no problem. But the problem is that every Wednesday we met, people would miss classes. So the teachers started complaining. started saying, this boy has become dangerous for the school. He has become a religious, dangerous boy. He has brainwashed the whole entire school. Have you seen that every time he has this scripture union class, everyone chooses to miss the class, but just to attend his Bible study. I didn't know what was going on. That's where the warfare started. Yeah. And they started asking me that I need to leave the school. I said, for what? He says, Every time you have this class, they choose to join your class than to come to science school or English school on this particular day. I started announcing, I said, if you have classes today, you cannot attend. Only you are off the classes because not every student had classes at the same. They had schedules on different times. But people said that day they reported missing the class. They said, no, I would rather attend. Let me tell you what used to happen in this class. Without a Bible school, undiscipled, untaught, just law, just raw, just a person who is hungry for the Lord, teaching the Bible studies. I didn't even understand the Bible. I used just to share stories about Jesus. Now, I came into a place where Jesus said, and the power of God was present. The power of God was present to heal. So every time I would pray, I say, precious Jesus, let your power be present to heal today. And I could feel the presence of God while I'm teaching the word of God. I used to teach things like John 3, the 16, almost every Wednesday because I, I didn't know the different things that I know. I used to teach the same thing. But what was interesting about this simple teaching, people with eyes problems, back problems, malaria problems, they would get healed on this day. They had testimonies. They were telling other fellow students from other classes, say, go to Gershom's Bible study, you'll be healed. If you have a problem, you'll be healed. Wow. There was these boys where, my friend, I was a boy too, they were wearing eyeglasses because they were not seeing properly. I just picked the eyeglasses and said, you are healed in Jesus' name, you are healed in Jesus' name, you are healed in Jesus' name. Then I would put those eyeglasses somewhere else. And I say, can you see? Yeah, I don't need it. I say, you don't need them. Guess what? They come next Wednesday without the glasses. Come on, they Jesus. They bring more people who had problems with eyes. They got healed. Simple like that. As a result, the group grew and grew and grew and grew and took over the whole entire school. There was a parents, teachers, discussion about me. The whole entire school had a meeting about me. They invited parents from everywhere. And parents were saying, my kids 
They were disobedient, but they are obedient. Suddenly, they are leading the Bible. Thank you for your school. You have made my son to become a Christian. You have made my daughter to become a Christian. They all started reading the Bible. And those days, I told them, do not lead any other book. Just read the Bible. Because I read somewhere about Smith Ugosworth, how he read the Bible. Wherever he went, Smith Ugosworth, he had the Bible on his pocket. I had the Bible in my pocket wherever I am. Actually, one time, my cousins, they made a bet. They said, let's bet. If Gershom does not have a Bible today, you give me 100 bucks. <laughs> if he has a Bible today, you need to give me the money. He said, I can tell you, you always has the Bible. And it's true. They were saying, do you have the Bible today? I said, yeah, I have it in my back. Then they all started to laugh. I said, yeah, I told you, I told you. He's an addict to that book. <laughs> you know, so stories like that started happening. Then I got transferred. Eventually, the parents, they won. They said, we don't want our children to be religious. Their behaviors have changed, but we send them for school, not to have church. <laughs> you know, so unfortunately, some parents, there was a voting in. I was voted out. And they asked my sister if I could leave the school. So then I, they took me to the boarding school. I went to the boarding school. The boarding school simply means... You stay there with our parents, you get educated. So at a boarding school, I decided not to preach the gospel because I miss my friends and everyone. But you want to hear this is very important. I know I've been talking for quite a while, stories upon stories, but I want to share one more how the Holy Spirit visited me because I don't want to take all the time. So God showed me in the dream, said, I want you to appoint leadership to take over this fellowship. I said, leadership? Yes. Then I told my friends, I said, I'll be with you a little while, but afterwards I'll be gone. I'll be no more. So you need to take my place. I said, you be an evangelist. You be this. You be this. And church, I appointed about eight people. The next Wednesday, I did not teach. I taught, I introduced a new leader. Not knowing that the following week, I was not reporting to school. I got transferred to the boarding school. 1,000 miles away from home, from everything. They told me, take him as far as you can, where he cannot meet his friends. Wow, so that was almost like a prophetic moment you had there. Yeah, it was tough. I was crying, but when I arrived, I made new friends. And uh, they asked me, are you a Christian? I said, I'm not. I said, can you go to church? No, I don't want to go to church. Uh, what do you do? I just said, uh, you know, so because I, I was a Christian, but I was yeah. just frustrated. So I made friendship with these two girls that were very nice to me. Uh, they were Catholic, committed Catholic. They asked me, please, can you come to a church? I said, no, I don't go to church. We used to study together, would work out mathematics together and things like that. They were my friends. They were nice. They used to bring food and all that. You know, food always makes people come together. Amen. So one of my friends... Martha, she got sick, very terrible sick. So my friend Gladys said, yeah, she's very sick. Then I said, I am a Christian. I am a Christian. Then I said, she said, you're a Christian? Really? You can pray? I said, yeah. I started to weep. I said, I'm really sorry. You know, I was moved from this other school. I used to see people healed, blind eyes, all kinds of miracles. Really? You? You don't touch the Bible. You don't, you're a good man. But you don't go to church at all. You? I said, yes. And I'm afraid to start anything like that. But I read the book of Acts where it says, Paul, through his aplon or handkerchief, through that piece of cloth, they were able to get healed. So I said to Gradis, I said, can you give me that piece of your cloth, that aplon? He said, oh, sure. I said, 
I'm going to ask the Lord Jesus to put his power here. Please don't tell her anything because she's not going to believe it. I don't want the doubt to go into this cloth. This is what I said. But I want you to go and put this under a pillow. You must make sure it touches her body because I couldn't cross over to pray for her. She took this piece of cloth and she followed my instruction. She didn't say anything to Martha and she put it on her pillow and she made sure I touched where she was sleeping. And Martha said, I'm healed. Actually, she didn't use the word healed. She said, I'm well. What did you do to me? I'm well. I just felt some warmth entered me and all the pain is gone. Come on, Jesus. Then Gladys said, it's Goshom who gave me this piece of cloth. It's Goshom. Then they started asking me, said, what did you do? Is it magic? Is it what? Then I said, no, no, no. It's actually in the Bible. You guys, you believe in the Bible. I said, yeah, we're Christian. You're not. <laughs> you know, I said, actually, I was a Christian, but I was just afraid to start these things because I moved away from my family, friends, everywhere. That's how I came here. So I'm frustrated. You are my only friends in the whole world right now. They said, wow, how could they do that? I said, I don't know. That was the beginning of the beginning. Now, uh, Gladys and Martha, they knew who I was. Now I couldn't hide my faith to them. So I started praying with these two women, these two Catholic women. Then the following Sunday, I went to a Catholic church service. Then the father liked me so much. The father gave me a prophecy. Can you imagine a Catholic priest gave me a prophecy? Come on, Jesus. He says, you are like a pop in your eyes. This is what he said. I see like a pop in your eyes. Your eyes are light. There's like light. I said, what do you mean a pop? He says, you know, there is greatness on you. There is like greatness. You are going to be such a great man. Do not stop loving Jesus. This was a Catholic man that told me. He was a white man sent to Africa, a Catholic guy. Then a little rise later, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, but he never revealed it. He was a Catholic priest, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was prophetic. I didn't even understand the word prophetic. He said, can I meet you again? He said, my son, can you come so I meet you? I said, yes, father. So I went to see him. He says, you will help millions and millions of people. I'm so happy I've met you. Please don't stop loving Jesus. This was a Catholic priest, prophetic man. I never understood what he said, but I understand now. And now something happened. This Catholic, he used to give masses, like all the communion for the Catholic. He used to conduct called the mass services every Saturday or every Friday sometimes, where the whole school would come. Because the nuns and the sisters, they were our teachers. So I had, my English teacher was Canadian and nun, somewhere from Rome, some from America. So it was a boarding school, but it was learned by Catholics. So everything had to become Catholic. So the father used to conduct a Holy Communion. You can only eat the Holy Communion or Eucharist when you're a Catholic. So I was considered as a Catholic. So that day, this prophetic father said, I want you to open up in prayer, son. Do not be afraid. There is power inside you. I see the gift of the Holy Spirit inside you. This is a Catholic priest. That day, I said, Jesus, I don't want this. <laughs> this is what I prayed. I said, Jesus, I don't want this again here. I don't want to be transferred to another school. I'm already making friends. But I ask you to move and touch every person. Guess what? There was like a wave that came into that into that into that mass, into that Eucharist day of Holy Communion, the power of God 
hit the whole entire school assemblies. And the Catholic father said, Ooh, what just happened? Demons started to manifest. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Demons, evil spirits started to manifest. And the Catholic father picked up this big Bible with a cross on it. He started hitting people. Please go. Please go. Please go. Please go. <laughs> then uh, you know, I'm not trying to mock the Catholic father. Remember what no, I that's okay. You know, this is like, I'll tell it the way it is. So I said, Jesus, I'm confused here. I need help. Then I opened my Bible the way I used to open like this. I just opened it. It says, and Jesus told the disciples, leave the room. And he commanded everyone to be quiet. Then he commanded evil spirit to go. I went to the father, said, father, I'd like to pray. The father said, go ahead, son. Then I said to everyone, quiet, be silent and quiet. Then I said, you evil spirits in the name of Jesus, come out. And the evil spirit left the people. Amen. Over a hundred people, the evil spirit left them and they were all on the ground. My God, that which I feared came back to that school <laughs> from that day. Come on. So you have this radical encounter when you're young. And you know, I find that a lot of times the people with platforms are not the ones that were seeking a platform. They're the ones that didn't want a platform at all. And God uses them mightily. Moses was that kind of person. And God used him mightily because he knows that they'll stay pure for the Lord and they'll stay with the right heart. So fast forward, you end up doing all this great ministry. You end up doing a ton of ministry with Heidi Baker. You end up coming to America. You're in Los Angeles now, Hollywood, and you end up ministering to a lot of Hollywood people. I even know that when I was out there in LA with you, I looked around, we were at dinner and I looked around and just so you know, Gershom completely ditched me. He left me at the dinner table with other people. I looked around, he had taken my son, Eli, somewhere. I don't know where they went. They just disappeared. And when he comes back, he goes, oh, I had Eli prophesying to some Hollywood people. I won't name drop any names on here, but he was having my son prophesy over some Hollywood people. And so I know the kind of people that Gershom ministers to and walks with because of the prophetic voice that he has and because of that power. So God brought you into a platform where you could really use that anointing. And so what are some things that you can give? Like, I think you guys have been getting impartation this whole time. The whole time he's been talking, you're just receiving an impartation of what it's like to walk in that power for people that they hunger for that. They hunger for God to use them and to show up mightily when they pray. First and foremost, you know, these, some of these people actually, they work with Marvel movies. They work with the, some of the top, top A-listers. Like, what do you mean by A-lister movie stars? These are movies like, for example, like Tom Cruise in this level of Spider-Man. They work around those people. And your son, Eli, begin to prophesy accurately. He didn't even know who they are. He prophesied. I mean, he's prophesying to these people, some of the most elite and powerful people in Hollywood. Very few people get even an opportunity. We have people in Hollywood that say they reach out to Hollywood, but they don't reach out. They'll reach out to people that are trying to become stars, trying to have a dream, which is nothing wrong. But your son prophesied to people already living a dream who have millions of followers, you know, so I actually brought your son on a very dangerous platform, but they are my friends and they knew the spirit that Eli was carrying was so powerful and they just wanted him to, because that's what he's going to do in the future. He's going to prophesy to presidents and to kings and those are kings of Hollywood. They have influence, you know, and they were amazed afterwards. They said, he's really rigid. 
this boy is rigid is really like real we feel the power we feel the words did you tell him anything about us i said zero i said zero nothing he didn't even know who he's talking to right so that was really amazing one principle is depend on the holy spirit yes second stop seeking man's approval once you dive from seeking man's approval you qualify to walk in the power of god then fourth walk in honor honor all men both anointed and anointed and honor your leaders honor your pastors honor those people that speak into your life because the more you honor them the more they will speak well about you and the more they will help you and open those doors do not think you are more anointed than everyone else come on always honor other people's gifts this is what has helped me to work with some of the most powerful people who are my alliances in ministry i have a lot of well known names that i speak for them and they speak for me one of the reason why they feel comfortable is because i honor their gifts no matter how many miracles i see i still honor them a lot of people when they enter into the prophetic and god begins to use them they think they are the only one who can prophesy and they think they are the only one who is anointed and then people start crossing doors for them amen if you're anointed somebody can cross the door for you but remember this the greatest is humility humility can cause your gift to be heard there is no pastor on earth that is afraid of giving me their platform because in the first place i didn't need platforms but now i made a covenant with the lord i said god i'll be saying yes but i want you to be with me if you're not with me i don't want to preach amen so the lord said i will always be with you when i came to ohio you sent some of your members they were there the power of god touched some of your members i didn't even know they were there i'm sure they did tell you in tulsa in tulsa yeah yeah the power of god just touched them i didn't even know who yeah then they told me they were from you and thank you very much for sending them in that meeting we saw the blind see the deaf hear and many other miracles the secret actually is walking in love for god more than anything else that's it walking in honor when you walk in love and honor it's like do unto men as you want them do unto you that's a law of the prophet actually and i've seen that law very practical you know like i'm very honored to be on this channel and i know you are very anointed because you came to our meetings and there was one lady that could not walk and you prayed for her and she can walk and she's still healed and guess what he had a radical shift and speaking about what you're talking about honor let me just say that you know i was there in la and you were there you started a new branch of your church just 3 miles from where i was so i said well we're going to go over there sunday morning cuz i didn't have a speaking engagement and my intention was just to attend your service and show you honor and come and listen and be a part of what you were doing i had no intention to minister and of course that's what kingdom relationships look like i was coming to show you honor i was there you showed me honor and said Pastor Ren, you know you're here. Come up and share a few words. Come up and pray for us. So I came up and you gave me like five minutes or so, and there was that woman there, Sylvia. Maybe many of you guys have seen the video. She was going to go home when she saw that the church was on the second story because she can't climb the stairs. It took her probably ten, fifteen minutes to get up one flight of stairs to be able to attend the service. And when she came in, she was limping. She has a name for that cane. I can't remember its name, Lucille or something like that, but the cane had a name. It had a fancy paint job and she left it at the altar after we prayed for her and the power of God touched her. You know, she messages me every week to let me know what's going on at work and how many people at her work have come to Jesus yeah. because they can't believe she can walk normal again. Yeah, but, that's amazing. Like but, uh, 
a lot of people are getting saved as a result of that miracle because they know her. She used to say that one day I'm going to walk in this office without a cane, without any support. They used to laugh at her, but now she walked in the uh, back in our walking place without anything to support her. Perfect. That yeah. was amazing. And that came out of relationship and honor. You know, I was trying to honor you by being there. You honored me by giving me an opportunity. There was no, I'm the only one that can prophesy. You got two prophetic voices in the same room. Well, let's go double then. Let's see twice as much happen. And that really, what you're saying is true and evident in what we saw together. You see, a gift is not for us. A gift is to help. So when I see a gift, we need to come together and save one purpose to help humanity come to know the Lord and get healed. But when there is self-centeredness, there's selfishness in your heart, when there's strife, that's why Abraham couldn't stay with Lot, his own cousin. Why? Because there was a competition. But if they came together in unity, there would have been a force that cannot be stopped. And I've come to understand when I see a gift, I surrender my anointing so that I can receive another anointing. Now anointing versus anointing produces glory. And now when in the glory there is no limitation. That's why when the disciples in the book of Acts, they all surrendered their lights to one another. And they just waited for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them in oneness, they were able to turn cities upside down. Even if that meeting was the first meeting, we didn't even have much people to come. The fact that we honored each other's anointing there was an unstoppable grace. The glory of God that was there was enough to raise the dead. When people unite together, hearts and their gifts, we become unstoppable. That's why the enemy wants division. Amen. Because That's otherwise it will be very dangerous. Dangerous, armed, anointed. We become unstoppable there. And that's what who we are in the realm of the spirit. We are very dangerous people. It's like an army. You become one army, becomes unstoppable. But the enemy keeps dividing the army. Well, that's why we're united here, because we are DNA of a dangerous church. That's the point. We're supposed to be dangerous. So I hope you guys are getting a lot out of this today in what he's talking about. And he has the background. Dr. Gershom has the prophetic background, the anointing on his life, the miracles, signs, and wonders have followed him. There's a reason why he has such a big following. There's a reason why so many names that you would know have looked to him for mentorship over the years. It's just amazing what God is doing in his life. But he honors the next man up. He honors the next anointing that comes up. And it's not a competition for him. And that's why we see fresh oil poured out. And what you don't know is that you're receiving an impartation this whole time that you're listening to what he's saying. Something's leaking on your life right now. And if you wouldn't mind, prophet, would you mind praying just an impartation over them for them to receive an increase in their prophetic voice, the signs, wonders, and miracles that you've seen as their heart is lined up with God, that they would receive and see more in their own lives. I see that Everyone who is watching, you're going to have a visitation according to your level. Even some of you right now, as I'm praying, you can feel the fire and the shaking in your hands. There is an impartation for the miraculous. What do I mean by miraculous? God to do something that surpasses science, surpasses the natural laws. Something that breaks the natural protocols. Some of you are about to be promoted. All protocols will be, will be broken just for you to come into that place 
of increase. Also, your DNA, spiritual DNA is being aligned with the Holy Spirit. And some of you, your bloodline is also being healed. You have had some blood clots. It's being healed. There is a circulation in the blood right now. And there's also a circulation in the realm of the spirit. I impart the gift of prophetic words that you will accurately prophesy and the gift of signs and wonders. The Father, we thank you. Just as Apostle Paul prayed for Timothy that that gift that was put in by his mother, Eunice, was to be activated and the gift that came by the laying of their hands. As I lay my hand on every person, may they encounter you and experience you. May you heal them, Lord. Lord, I pray that give them a grace to open up to you and to open up their minds and their hearts to you. Holy Spirit, visit them. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I see the fire of God falling upon you. I see the glory of God. I see you being activated. I see you being so much in love with Jesus. There is like a a love, liquid love. There is like honey dropping on you. Some of you feel like you're just being marinated with this wonderful, overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 I hope that this blesses you guys. And before I let you go from our recorded broadcast here, I just want to ask you how people can learn a little bit more about your ministry and how they can follow you. It will be an honor for all of you to, you can go to Gershom Sikala page. You can like our page there. If you send us a message, I'm very active. We'll be able to respond to you. You can also go to our website, gershomsikala.org or drgershomsikala.org. You can follow us and we also have monthly mentorship. Actually, this weekend's mentorship is September the 25th. I'll be inviting the vice president of Oral Robert University. I'll be teaching about how to use technology in today's and you'll be giving free certificate from Oral Robert University for attendance. There's a reason why I asked him to give the certificates because one time I didn't have any certificate walking in these signs and wonders, miracles, and the pastors were saying, you don't have qualifications. Why are you holding these big meetings and all that I was having? Then the man called Bill Bright, you may not know who Bill Bright is, but I know Pastor Lane knows who he is. He founded the Campus Crusade. This man with the white beards, he says, I know who you are, boy preacher. Can you come and attend my one-day class? I'll give you the certificate of attendance from me. And he gave me a pastoral certificate of attendance from Bill Bright, who was ministering to pastors. And I was not, that certificate opened doors for me. It silenced everyone wanted to stop me. So that's why with all Roberts University giving a certificate for every person who is going to attend for this two-hour seminar on this Saturday, you can use it when people start to ask you, who are you? Say, well, I have a certificate of attendance from Oral Robert University, which is a Harvard University for the evangelicals. And yeah. Amen. In Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm a yes. fan of Oklahoma. So yes, we got some pretty amazing healing ministries here. So they can find out more about that on the website and find out how to be a part of that. Yeah. Yes, our books and different other things. And actually we do. If you're listening to this podcast, you go to geshamsikala.org. Just send us a message. We'll be able to send you a free ebook called Speak to the Wind. We are going through in this season of 
situations, we need to learn how to control the elements, how to control the wind and to con- the wind in the natural and in the spiritual realm. Uh, so I wrote a book called Speak to the Wind, and I'll be able to just say I was on the DNA of a Dangerous Church podcast. Then I'll be able, we'll be able to send you a free copy. On the website, it says you can buy, but if you write us, we'll be able to send you an ebook for free. It's going to change your life. It's called Speak to the Wind. We want to just make you more dangerous than you are. This is a dangerous church. Come on. Come on. So do you hear that? Go on his website, uh, email them and let them know that you were on DNA of a dangerous church and they will send you a free copy of that ebook. What? Come on. That's a great, that's a great deal. Okay. And not even for a subscription, just because you were on here. So go get that. Cause we really do want to empower you. We want to equip you in being a dangerous church. Dr. Gershom, I appreciate you being on so much. I'm so excited. We're gonna take a minute to minister to the people that are on here live. If you are listening to us on Charisma Podcast, come follow us on social media, on YouTube or Facebook, and you'll be able to watch and participate in the live recordings of these podcasts. But until I see you guys again, I want you to know that I love you, God loves you, Shalom. Thank you for listening to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Be sure to subscribe to the show on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com or iTunes, Spotify, Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow Pastor Ren Shuffman on social media and join our mailing list for exclusive bonus training content at www.ffc.church/dangerous.